What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kicking It with Clump podcast. With me today, as always, Mr. Oliver Nelson. How you doing, buddy? Oliver? Oh, <laughs> what's up, dude? <laughs> did, you, did you say something? Maybe the audio just didn't come through. No, I, I kind of cut out there for a second. So, oh. um, <laughs> I saw you make a face at me. And I wasn't oh, sure no. if you were, I was, I wasn't I was sure just if... making a face at you, trying to throw you <laughs> off guard. Yeah, but kind of made me look uh, like a loner there for a second. Like I was yeah, pretending no, like someone was here with me, but not really. There's nobody here. Yeah. Just you. Well, welcome in, everybody. Uh, today, we're going to go over... I'm actually pretty excited for this. Uh, we're... We have... I don't know if we have a hypothesis, but... We have something that we want to we want to get down to. We want to figure out what position in football is really the most important. I think it's pretty widely accepted that quarterback. Oliver, you'd accept you'd you'd uh, mm-hmm. accept that premise. Quarterback is the most widely accepted position that's the most valuable in football. Agreed. Yeah. 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 So I think we're on the same page there. I I agree with that premise, but we kind of want to see. Is that really true? You know, the teams and and what we're going to dig into today is first the wide receiver core for every for every NFL team. We're probably just going to do the AFC today. Maybe we'll get into the NFC next week um, if we're not able to get to the NFC today. But basically, we want to see these teams that are relying heavily on the receiving game. Are they winning games? Are they going to the playoffs? You know, are they actually valuable to their team rather than just putting up big stats? Um, for example, we'll give we'll give a couple of, of examples. Um, one on the upside, one on the downside. I guess the Falcons weren't terrible this year, but they're like kind of the team that comes to my head that has thrown the ball a lot and hasn't had a ton of success since their Super Bowl year. Um, you know, a lot of yards. Um, Matty Ice puts up, you know, a lot of a lot of stats, but they haven't won a ton. But then on the flip side of that, you have the Chiefs who also throw the ball a lot and also win a lot. So we're going to get down to, is the wide receiver position as valuable as they're getting paid? Because receivers are getting paid right now. We just saw, um, we've seen a couple get paid this off season. I mean, we saw Christian Kirk get paid, which I thought was kind of, a little excessive. Uh, oh, what was Devontae's? What was Devontae's? Well, Devontae. Like it was in the two, 200s, wasn't it? I don't I don't remember what the total contract was, but I remember it was 28. It was above 28 million. And then I think Tyreek came in like, what, a week later? And they gave him a little bit more. So Devontae Adams was the highest paid receiver in the league for about a week. And then Tyreek came and stole that, so. Um, so yeah, uh, do you want to talk about the the NCAA tournament at all? That game last night was great. It was pretty great. I, there's just something about college basketball. This sounds like it's going to be a really good comment, but it's actually pretty negative. Um, (laughs) there's something about (laughs) it. There's something about it that just doesn't grip me. I was watching it and you're right. It was a great game. Um, and it was entertaining, but 
for a lot of the game, I was just watching and I'm just like, yeah, this is, well, it's not amateur anymore because players can actually get paid now, but like, this is, this is like, you know, semi-pro level. This is not the NBA and you, and obviously like no one's expecting college basketball to be the NBA, but I watch it. And I just feel like the gap between college basketball and the NBA is massive. The gap between college football and the NFL is also massive, but I feel like it's not as noticeable as basketball. What do you think? No, I agree. I think that the skill level is huge, right? And I think even too, like with a lot of these younger guys coming out of the doing the one and done thing, most of them take like three or four years to develop in the NBA before they're actually good, right? Um, so I, I agree that the skill level is, is definitely there's a big gap there but on the flip side I think it's a lot more competitive than the NBA during the regular season yeah I don't know to me it just seems like the NBA during the regular season again I haven't watched a whole lot of the NBA this year during the regular season but it just seems like it's I don't know the, the competition isn't like the competitive nature in some of the guys isn't there. Whereas like, I feel like college regular, regular season, yeah. regular season. Yeah. And NBA playoffs are phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that's when you see the guys actually trying and stuff like that, but regular season, like I feel like college basketball, you like it's every game. Those guys are trying They're They're out there competing, which is fun. I, I'd rather see a bunch of guys like competing skill level might not be great, but um, I'd rather see guys out there competing than kind of just going through the motions until until the postseason. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm okay just not watching a whole lot of basketball until the NBA playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like perfectly content with that anyway. So mm-hmm. it's not a not a huge deal. But yeah, I don't know. There's uh, the one and done has really 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 hurt college basketball because i i watched that game last night and the whole time i was thinking how and how in the world is north carolina even this game because duke had better players Mm -hmm. top to bottom just a much better team no sorry much better roster but they 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 play together like one year you know and then and then half of them are gone so they really don't develop any chemistry in college basketball and the teams that do develop chemistry are not all that interesting because they're just, you know, four-year guys that aren't going to play in the NBA, except for like, I don't know, Fred Van Fleet. I don't know. He's about mm-hmm. one exception, but um, I don't know. Yeah. But that's been kind of fun too. On the flip side, you get a lot more of these like Cinderella stories, like, uh, like St. Peter's and the, the Peacocks, right? Like mm-hmm. most of those guys were probably upperclassmen. Again, I'm just, I'm guessing I, I I don't know their roster off the top of my head, but most of those guys are probably been in the program for at least two, three years, develop chemistry, right? And then it's like they make a run against, I mean, they beat Kentucky, right? Number two seed. So it's like that's a, a program that's historically just one and done too. So um that part's yeah. kind of fun with the, what the one the the one and done programs. It's it allows some of these smaller programs to to make deeper runs in the tournament. Yeah, I just my issue with that is 
And it, it, I agree. It is cool. It's fun watching a Cinderella team to some extent. Um, but you watch, you watch sport to watch the best of the best, you know, like I, I want to see the best players. Like that's what was so fun about the Warriors is they had the best players and their chemistry was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch them play and it's like, these guys are unbeatable. What, and if you don't like that, I get, I get that, but they were so fun to watch. They played defense. They passed the ball. Well, they obviously shot mm-hmm. the ball. Well, like they did everything well. And that's why they were mm-hmm. so fun to watch because they were wildly talented and played as a team. Um, and that's, that's what I think is missing a lot in college basketball is you get those one and done programs, but they miss, they're missing a lot of chemistry. Mm-hmm. The teams, the teams that have a lot of chemistry don't have a ton of talent. So not yeah. always, not always, but like, <laughs> you know, most I mean. of the time though, but yeah. a lot, a lot of times it's, you know, the St. Peter's um, anyway, I think that's good for college basketball. Yeah. Let's get to the NFL. Yeah. Let's get to the NFL. Yeah. Let's get back to topic here. Let's get back no, to what. Just, let's yeah. get back to what matters. The NFL. All right. So we're gonna start. Uh, we'll start from just the top AFC East. I, I didn't mean that as like the best comp, the best division. Just usually, <laughs> usually when you when you search for these, it's kind of just in this order. So we'll start with the AFC East, then the AFC North, AFC South, AFC West. Depending on how much time we have left, we might get to NFC, but. I think that's doubtful. We'll probably just get, get through the AFC and we're going to rank. So what we're going to do, we're going to go through the receiving um, the receivers for each team. Um, so we'll do the two receivers out wide. Um, so the X, the Z, and then we'll do a slot receiver for each team. And then we'll do a tight end for each team. And then we'll just rank them based off of their performance in 2021 where we would have expected these teams to land just based off of how good their wide receivers are. Oliver, did I explain that well? Did that, even, did that make sense? No, oh, yeah, that totally. That, yeah, that was perfect. Okay. So we'll start with the AFC East. Um, I'll list them in order of how they actually finished in 2021, and then we'll rank them based off of how we would have expected them if the wide receiver is the most valuable, valuable position on the field. So number one, the bills, um, their top receivers, Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, tight end Dawson Knox. Um, in second was the Patriots, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne, tight end Hunter Henry. And the jets came in at number four, no surprise there. Uh, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder, and tight end Tyler Croft. For me, this is a pretty easy one, putting the Bills number one, because Stephon Diggs is the best receiver in the division. And I feel like that gives them, they're not so weak. Like Cole Beasley's capable. Gabriel Davis, we saw, was clearly capable. And Dawson Knox is a pretty good tight end. Um, so I would put the Bills at number one, what say ye? Oh, I yeah, no, I I 100% agree. Stefan Diggs is, I mean, yeah, uh, he is by far the best receiver in that division. Um, and then Dawson Knox, 
is probably the second best tight end in the in the division next to um Hunter Henry. But even then, looking at that, they had pretty comparable stats this year. Um Hunter Henry had Wait. actually the same amount of ten. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just realized I, I skipped down. I went to the Patriots and I went straight to the Jets and I didn't say the Dolphins. Um, so the <laughs> Dolphins came in at number three, they're right above the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, and Mike Kosicki. Sorry, proceed what you were saying. Sorry. Don't worry. Um, I was just going to say, you know, Dawson Knox and, and Hunter Henry had pretty similar uh, numbers at the tight end position. They both had uh, nine touchdowns. They both had about 600 yards receiving on the year. Um, and they both had about yeah about the same amount of targets too um but yeah no i think overall just as a a complete package though um the bills definitely had the better the best in that division yeah i agree with that um who do you have at number two curious about this now who would you have as the second (laughs) because i feel like i don't know i mean i think we can i probably both agree that the jets were probably last yeah i got the jets last okay so then who because i mean both of these are pretty like Devontae parker and wolf fuller have historically been good receivers in the past um And to be fair, I think Will Fuller missed most of the season, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he only played two games. <laughs> so I'm not really sure why I put him on this list. Yeah, he played two games this year. Yeah. Who led the who led this team? So Miami. J- oh, Jalen Waddle. Definitely carried the receiving the receivers mm-hmm. and Gasicki. Gasicki had a great year. Um, Jalen Waddle had a thousand yards, six touchdowns. That's really good for a rookie, especially. Um, Gasicki had 780 yards, only two touchdowns. Um, but for a team that struggled a lot of the year, I'm not surprised by that. Um, mm-hmm. so I'd probably go with the Dolphins at the second. I mean, I'm looking at it, they have. Quite a few guys, all those guys that we just talked about are all in the the top hundred for at least receiving on the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hundred I one hundred percent agree. Um, again, I they, I don't. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I just like those. I like those weapons. Um, it's a bummer that even without Fuller, Devontae Parker had a really tough first few seasons in the league. Mm-hmm. He he did step it up the last couple of years. Last well, last year was a little down again, but um, I mean, he still had. Well, he only played in ten games. He had five hundred yards. It's not horrible. Um, man, Jalen Waddle really carried this team. Yeah, like New England's. Yeah, he did. Like New England's um, top receiver this year is Jacoby Myers. Had yeah. 
about 900 yards receiving only two touchdowns. Like, again, that's not terrible, but from your number one receiver, you hope to see probably a few more touchdowns than, than two. Obviously, Hunter Henry had nine, so that covered most of the, at least the team, but um, I feel like just from a, um, from your number one wide receiver, you'd want to see those numbers. That at least the the touchdown number a little higher. Yeah, I think Jalen Waddle gives you more upside than Jacoby Myers. Um, so for, I guess I'll agree with you for that reason. I'll put the Dolphins at two, but I could have the Patriots at two here and probably be fine with that. Mm-hmm. Especially looking at the touchdown numbers for Hunter Henry. That's kind of impressive. Nine touchdowns. Um, that's value for sure. Absolutely. So, all right. So for the AFC East, we have Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets in order of receiver receivers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they finished Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, and the Dolphins and Patriots only finished a game apart. So 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 far, this experiment is receivers are valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it too is just like the Bills were clearly the best team in that division, and the Bills clearly had the best wide receiver court. Yeah, out of these well, and, teams, and and clearly the best overall receiver in mm-hmm. the division. I mean, it wasn't until Diggs came to Buffalo that Josh Allen really popped. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to have kind of a deep receiving core, but having a true number one can take an offense to the next level. And that's what it did for the Bills. So, all right. So receivers are valuable. We're learning that with the AFC East. Get a dude and you'll win some games, which brings us ironically to the AFC North um, with Jamar Chase and the Bengals. That's another um, similar story, you know, anyway. Um, so the Bengals finished finished number one in the division and the AFC. <clears throat> um, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and C.J. Uzama. Those three receivers are killer. That's really good, man. Yeah. Um, Remember when Steel- people were talking about how Jamar Chase couldn't catch a football? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> turns out that today. Turns out he actually can catch mm-hmm. the ball. Yeah. Um, Steelers finished number two in the division, second in the division. I don't know why I'm saying that so weird. They finished second in the division. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith Schuster at receiver, Pat Fryermuth at tight end. That's actually really good, too. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju. Juju's your number yeah. three. That's a solid, that's a solid receiving core. Um, so far, the AFC North is looking real solid. And then the mm-hmm. Raven, Raven, or sorry, not the Ravens, uh, the Browns finished in, finished third in the division with Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Richard Higgins, and Austin Hooper at tight end. We put OBJ on the Rams for this for these purposes, uh, for the purpose of this. Um, he just didn't provide much value to the Browns in 2021, so we just left him off the Browns. Um, and then in fourth were the Ravens, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, whatever you want to call him. Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, Mark Andrews at tight end. Um, 
Man, those are some good receiving cores. This one is very – this division is very interesting because, like, I think we'd both agree that Bengals probably had the best overall. Yeah, Bengals are my number corps. one for sure, yeah. And I think Browns would be last. But then, like, the Steelers and Ravens both, I think, have really solid squads because, like, I'm looking at it right now. Mark Andrews was – as a tight end, had 1,300, almost 1,400 receiving yards. Yeah, he was phenomenal. And in, in nine touchdowns. Like, he crushed it this year. Yep. Um, and obviously, Marquise Brown, he's a he's a stud, too. He had 1,000 yards, six touchdowns. Um, Did he really? Marquise Brown? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. So, in terms of 1,000 yards, overall... six touchdowns. Yeah. In terms of overall, um, can you hear me? Yep. Oh, okay. Um, in terms of overall team statistics, um, the Bengals, the Bengals blew the other three teams out of the water. Mm-hmm. I think. I think part of that is the Bengals having the best receiving core in the division. Part of that mm-hmm. is Joe Burrow being the best quarterback in the division. Um, but in terms of receiving yards, the Bengals had forty-eight hundred. Um, Pittsburgh four four thousand, Baltimore forty two hundred, Cleveland thirty three hundred. Yikes, um, that's really bad. Um, <laughs> another stat I have for teams is yak or yards after catch, which I think is a measure of how explosive your receivers are. Um, if your receivers are getting getting the ball and then getting tackled immediately, um, they're not all that explosive. Uh, Jamar Chase was one of the best in the league in yards after catch. So since he had 2,400 yards, Pittsburgh had 2,000, Baltimore had 1,700, and Cleveland had 16, no, 1,700. Um, so, wow, that is interesting. Look at that. So, so Baltimore That's a had huge four, difference. Baltimore had 4,200 receiving yards. Cleveland had 3,300 receiving yards. But in terms of yak, Baltimore and Cleveland were about the same, meaning quarterback play was pretty bad. That's what that tells me. The receivers were not necessarily the issue. Um, touchdowns, Cincinnati had 36, Pittsburgh 23, Baltimore and Cleveland both had 21. So I think Cincinnati's a clear mm-hmm. yeah, fast receiver. They crushed score. it. They and then I it. yeah, and I agree the Browns are four. Um this is hard because Mark Andrews is the best tight end in the division. Mm-hmm. Marquise Brown, I didn't realize he'd put up those those kinds of stats. Um, I want to look at um, let's look at the AFC North and Baltimore. No, I think look the, at Chase. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just I was just looking at their stats. Yeah, Mark push. Mark Andrews, 1,300 yards. Marquise Brown, 1,000 yards. They each had over five touchdowns. Rashad Bateman, 500 yards. It's not horrible. Sammy Watkins, 400 yards. Um, let's see. And Bateman only played or only played in 12 games, started four. Watkins only played in 13, started nine. So they had some injuries at receiver. And Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews still dominated. 
This is on, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go Pittsburgh because they put up similar statistics with a bad aging quarterback. Baltimore, mm-hmm. well, I guess Baltimore. Because Lamar Jackson was also hard. Lamar hurt, Jackson but... was Lamar Jackson was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. How? Yeah. So I'm gonna go Pittsburgh. If you if you were to if you were to give me, because I think I want to say Fryermuth actually had a pretty decent year. No. He had 500 yards, but then he had seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. That's pretty good. Deontay Johnson had 1,100 yards. Chase Claypool had 800, almost 900 yards. Juju was hurt basically all year. I'm going. I'm going Pittsburgh. I like. I like. If you were to give me a list and just say, "Do you want Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Pat Fryermuth, or Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, and Mark Andrews?" I feel like the Steelers roster. That I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I like it. If it was just based off of the top two, I like Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews more than uh, Deontay Johnson and either Chase Claypool or Juju Smith. Um, Agreed. But then, when, I mean, Sammy Watkins, that's the that's the real kick to the knees right there, having Sammy Watkins as a, <laughs> on that list. No disrespect to Sammy uh-huh. Watkins, but... Um, if they had maybe somebody different there, it might be a different story. So I agree with you. I think Steelers. Steelers that's too. A, yeah, that's kind of it Raven is kind Siri. of it's kind of a push. I I think those are yeah. really a tie, and it really doesn't doesn't matter a whole lot. Uh, well, it kind of does because that would put the Ravens at two, and they finished fourth. You know what? I'm gonna put. I'm going to put the Ravens at two because I agree with what you said. I thought that was an interesting point. I'll take Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews over any combination of the Steelers. Mm-hmm. It, you could say the same thing about the Chiefs, right? Like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I'm yeah, not. I'm not crazy. True. I'm not crazy about. Um, no, I'm totally blanking now. Um, uh oh, what happened? Oh, there we go. Uh, Michael Hardman, Byron Pringle. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, it's great. And I'm not saying that Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews are Tyreek Hill and um, Travis Kelsey, but not that far off, at least not in terms of statistics. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I agree. So yeah, I'm putting I'm putting Ravens too. So that that leaves us with Bengals at number one, and they finish number one in the division. Mm-hmm. So that checks out. But then we have Ravens at second in the division. And I think we could explain this, though. But they finished fourth. They actually finished fourth. And then we have – And that was a close division, too. I mean – Yeah. I mean, any one of these four teams could have been in the playoffs. So it just happened that I think the Bengals just caught fire towards the end. Yeah. Um, And it didn't help that the Ravens had um, Lamar Jackson hurt for a good chunk of the season, too. So Right. Um, it was it was one game that's what separated those teams so which is funny because it's just like i mean i think we we all agree that i mean we both agreed that like the browns had like the worst receiver corp but like all three of those i mean this is i think a a 
pretty close one on paper in terms of just like the wide receiver conversation. Yeah. I think if you put OBJ on there, it helps the Browns, but he just wasn't a contributor this year for the Browns. I can't put him on this list. Um, exactly. The Browns also have Kareem Hunt, who's a phenomenal receiving back. So that it would, you know, would be doing them a disservice to not include him here. I still don't think that puts the Browns above either any of those other three teams, though. No, I agree. And if Lamar Jackson is healthy the whole year, the Ravens finish at least second in the division, in my opinion. So, still checks out. The theory that the receive that the receiver position is valuable is still checking out. Um, so far, the the two teams that we put at number one won their divisions and won their divisions handily. The Bengals technically only finished one game ahead of the Steelers, but the Bengals kind of put it in cruise control. I think that last game, I don't, I'm not even sure if Burrow played a full game. Um, so the Bengals had, had the division locked up, I think week 16. So, um, okay. You ready to move on to the AFC South? Yep. Let's do it. This is a hard one. <laughs> this is really hard to me. Um, so we'll start with the Titans. Um, they finished first in the division. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Get ready for this. Nick Westbrook Akeen. You heard that? I have not I had not even heard that name. No. I mean, we play fantasy football and we've never even heard that name. Yeah. Which is kind of kind of hard to do because when you're trying to search for someone on the waivers, if they're at all relevant, you're fine, you're gonna find them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so AFC South. Because, yeah, uh, let's see. Sorry, I'm just trying to find the stats because I put him on here. He wouldn't have been, I think, uh, going into the year. What's his name? Dang it. Going into the year. ah, He's not showing up on this list because he ended up on the Lions. Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds was their number three going into the year, but this Westbrook okay. Westbrook Akeen um, ended up with almost 500 yards and four touchdowns. So, yeah, that was more more than Julio Jones. So, both Julio and I'm looking at this right now. AJ Brown played 13 games. And almost had a thousand yards, so that like he had actually had a really good year when he was playing and five touchdowns. Mm. And then Julio only played in ten games and had about five hundred yards, only one TD though. So, yeah, it was not a good year for Julio. I agree. AJ Brown played well when he was when he was there, mm-hmm. which I mean he missed four games, which is considerable, but that's still a good chunk of the season that he played. Um, if he plays the whole season, he's probably at like a 1200 yard mark, maybe eight touchdowns, something like that. Probably. Yeah. That's a good year. That's a good year. for sure. Yeah. Um, so AFC South in terms of touchdowns, uh, in, Oh, sorry. I haven't gone through all the teams yet. Okay. Titans. We already went through them. Uh, Anthony Ferkser is their tight end. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, the Colts 
came in. <laughs> the Colts came in second in the division. Um, they had Michael Pittman, Zach Pascal, T.Y. Hilton, and at tight end, Jack Doyle. Texans came in at number three. Look at them not coming in fourth. Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, Chris Conley, and Jordan. Is that, did I spell that wrong? Akins? Or is it Atkins? Jordan Akins? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then the Jaguars came in fourth. Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, Laquan Treadwell, and Dan Arnold. Um, in terms of statistics, the Colts led the division in touchdowns. 27 receiving touchdowns. Go Carson Wentz. Um, in terms of receiving yards, Tennessee led by a slim margin at 36-47. Indianapolis at 35-88, so pretty close. Um, Tennessee was the only team that made the playoffs in this division, although if Indy would have beaten the Jags, they would have been in, which is embarrassing. Um, who you got number one? I mean, assuming uh, assuming that everybody is healthy, right? I mean, again, Julio has been healthy for probably like the last like eight seasons, but having AJ Brown and Julio on the same team, like especially in this division, like I don't know. To me, that, that's the that's the team that's got the best best group. Granted, they were injured, so on on paper they didn't have the the greatest stats um and obviously in looking at it right now michael Pittman had the best year in the whole division um in terms of just i mean he had a good year two thousand yards receiving six tds um so that's off to him but i aj brown and julio jones it's kind of hard to go against those two i agree when they're healthy but... when they're healthy I mean, if they're not healthy, I mean, again, like the Titans, it's like you take out Julio Jones and AJ Brown, it's just like they're, they're the worst, right? <laughs> so it's yeah. not like it's not like any of these teams are like super deep at wide receiver, where it's like they can go and replace a, an AJ Brown or Julio Jones and have adequate receivers. Like neither, I mean, the next guys on the list for the Titans were not impressive at all. So, mm-hmm. um. But I still like AJ Brown and Julio Jones over anybody else in that in that division. Yeah, I agree. I talked myself out of the Titans as the number one, and you just talked me back into them. The fact that they had injuries, Julio was out a good chunk of the year. AJ Brown missed four games, um, and they still put up similar stats as Indy. I'm going, I'm going Titans because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, where'd my, dang it. Um, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> my, other, my other screen disappeared. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Pittman played the whole year. I don't know if he missed any time. I think he did. He did. I think he played. Yeah. yeah. He played started played 17 games. So um this kind of goes back to the whole AFC East um and AFC North, where we talked about Jamar Chase and Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs. 
AJ Brown is the best receiver in this division. I think Michael Pittman might, might get there. I think he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. But right now, AJ Brown is the best receiver in this division. And I think that's what separates the Titans from the Colts right now. Um, so I agree. I'll put the Titans number one. Colts are number two for me because mm-hmm. I think because I think Pittman is better than anyone on the Texans or the Jags. Um, and Jack Doyle's a serviceable tight end. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I agree. This is stats wouldn't show that, but Mullally Cox, well, Allie Cox had a slightly better year. Um, so Mullally Cox and Jack Doyle kind of put them together. Mm. Brandon Cooks had a solid year, though. Played 16, 16 games, 1,000 plus receiving yards, and six TDs. Pretty comparable to Michael Pittman, but um, Dude, every year. Yeah. Every year, Brandon Cooks does this. He puts up a thousand yards, five six touchdowns. He's the best receiver on his team, and everyone ignores him. I don't. I don't. Yeah, including me, obviously. Um, yeah. And their next best receiver this past year was Nico Collins. Five hundred, less than five hundred yards receiving and one touchdown. So it's just like <laughs> they really relied on Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, I actually I actually put the Texans at three above the Jags mm-hmm. because I um at least te- by team team stats, the Jag the Jags only had 12, 12 touchdowns receiving. So that'd be I mean 12, 12 passing touchdowns. That's brutal. And I think I think a good portion of that is they just didn't have good receivers. Um, I, yeah. You know, part, part of that is a rookie quarterback, obviously. Um, but Houston was also playing a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I got to put Houston at three, Jags at four. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Houston had 19 receiving touchdowns, 15-51. Or 1500 yards after the catch, uh, 3300 yards. So, Houston and Jags and the Jags said almost identical statistics outside, oops, outside of touchdowns. Um, and if you're not scoring touchdowns as a receiving core, then you're not adding a lot of value to your team. So, got to put the Texans three. Mm-hmm. Are you good with that? Um, I 100% agree with you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you could you could make an argument to put Houston above Indy, but uh, I just think Pittman takes them above the Texans. I agree. And they had twenty-seven touchdowns. Houston had nineteen. You have to, you know, you have to give some love to the receivers for that. So, mm-hmm. um, especially all the hate that you know Carson Wentz has been getting. Like, well, someone had to have been playing well if they got 27 touchdowns through the air, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to the AFC West, which is just a freaking awesome division. I'm so excited to watch this division this year. We're going to be looking back at 2021, obviously, right now, but the AFC West is going to be so awesome. Um, okay. Do you want to take the... 
Do you have the Do you have the list of receivers in front of you? I do. Do you want to You want to take the yeah. AFC West? And, yep, exactly. So for 2021, again, we're kind of doing a look back. Um, to obviously this will change a little bit. So for the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill. Um, we have Travis Kelsey at tight end, Brian Pringle, and Nicole Hardman. Those that rounds up the Chiefs. Raiders, Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones, Brian Edwards, Sash Henry Ruggs, and Darren Waller. Chargers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, Guyton, something like that. Yeah, yeah, Jared Cook. (laughs) Jared Cook. (laughs) Too funny. Um, And then for the Broncos, Court and Southern, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, and Noah Fant. Who you got? I think you got to put the Chiefs number one. Tyree Kill and mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey. Um, I'll take I'll take Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey over any combination of receivers on any other team. I mean, arguably in the league, but definitely in this division. Um, so I got the Chiefs number one. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. That's all I got to say. Yeah. No, I. I... I 100% agree. Both of them had killer years. Tyreek Hill, 1,200 yards receiving, nine touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, um, 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. Um, Both top 15 um, in the league. So that's hard to, that's hard to, that's hard to compete with. Yeah. And you want to talk about value? Again, I'm going to go back to Yak, yards after catch. Kansas City. <laughs> Kansas City was number one in the league by almost 200 yards. Um, so they had 2,719 yards after the catch. Um, the next, the next highest was Tampa at 2,565. Um, it's like 150, but um, to me again. Okay, so let's let's look at the, the top. Um, these are the top five in the league in terms of yak. In case anyone's listening and, and is like, why is yak so important? Well, Kansas City number one, Tampa Bay number two, Cincinnati number three, Green Bay number four, Chargers number five, Dallas number six, San Francisco number seven. Like these are all fantastic teams with great receivers and and playoff teams outside of the Chargers who were right there one win and they would have been in the playoffs. Um, so like yak is important. It shows that your receivers are catching the ball and getting yards after they catch the ball. They're explosive with the ball in their hand. It's not all on the quarterback to get the ball down the field. Um, so Kansas city is elite at yards after the catch and Tyreek Hill obviously is, a big part of that, but not just Tyreek Hill. Like my, my initial thought was Tyreek because he's so fast. He gets the ball and then, you know, rips off a 60 yard touchdown. Travis Kelsey is somehow always running wild in the open field. I don't understand it. He's not faster than DBs, but for some reason he's just always running open in the open field. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. It's, wild. it's, he's so good at it. I love it. I do. Yeah, it's great. All right. Who do we got? Number two. 
I got Raiders. Yeah, I do. I think I Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I know. I I agree too. I think overall package, right? Darren Waller is the second best tight end in the, that division. Hunter Renfro had a phenomenal year. And then the other three guys were serviceable at times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as looking at the Chargers, they, I, I almost said Chargers at number two because Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both had incredible years. Other two guys on the list, they're, they, I mean, they're serviceable, but not great. Then I was thinking of maybe the, the Broncos. Um, and again, their their talent probably speaks better than their their numbers, but nobody on Denver had like that great of a year. Yeah. In terms of in terms of you know, like on paper, right? You know, Cortland Sutherland or uh Cortland, yeah, Sutton. He led the team with 775 receiving yards, but only had two touchdowns. Played all year. Tim Patrick was second. Um, pretty 734. He had five touchdowns. Um, so I think they're young, so I think they'll probably do a lot better next year, especially with Russ at QB. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm kind of going with the Raiders for number two. I think they have the more overall um, top to bottom. Yeah, I can see that. But... Okay, so if we factor in, let's say Austin Eckler for the Chargers, right? I yeah. think Austin Eckler, if you, if you replaced him with Jared Cook, for example, I think the Chargers are two. No, replace him with Jalen Guyton. I think we could for... do that. Okay, so then why don't I, we do I'd that? Pick, okay, I'd pick the Chargers because Austin Eckler is a stud. He is okay. huge in the. Yeah, he had six hundred. He had six hundred yards and eight touchdowns as a running back. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be our first. Uh, he's going to be the first running back that we insert in here because he is <laughs> a vital piece of their of their passing game. It's not just like they use him, like mm-hmm. like uh, um, Ezekiel Elliott. He's a good mm-hmm. receiving back, but he's not vital to their success in the passing yeah. game. Um, Austin Eckler is. So Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. That's arguably number one. Did he have eight arguably. receiving touchdowns? He did. That's unreal. I had to okay. like double check that number for a second. So yeah, Chargers are two for sure. Yeah, Chargers are two. I agree. Because Mike, so, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were both, I mean, top 15 receivers, both had a 1100 yards um michael williams had nine tds keenan allen had six six so both had phenomenal years um and then you throw in austin eckler who was shockingly a top top 60 receiver um out of the running back with eight tds that's unreal all right so here's a stat for you Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler had 23 total touchdowns, total receiving touchdowns, not total touchdowns, receiving touchdowns. Austin Eckler must have had. Ah, uh, is that hold on? Is that receiving touchdowns? Or is that oh, total in... touchdowns? This is receiving stats. It's just receiving stats. Yeah, these are just receiving stats. Um so they had 23, <laughs> 23 receiving touchdowns. The Raiders team had 22. 
Okay. Yeah. We're going, we're going chargers. chargers. We're going chargers. Um, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, and, and the, the Chargers Austin Eckler is a much better receiving option out of the backfield than the chiefs have. Mm -hmm. Um, I was kind of, Mike Williams has always been kind of a receiver I've liked because he's a big body receiver. And uh, like historically, like he's always been kind of like, I feel like underperformed what he is probably capable of. So I was a little shocked to see that he had such a great, and again, I, I didn't follow the Chargers a whole lot, but he had a, a great year. It's good to see. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, because he was, I mean, coming out of, uh, it was Clemson, right? Michael Williams? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, coming out of Clemson, I was like, oh, this dude's going to dominate. Like, I remember watching him at Clemson and he was mm-hmm. really good. Wait, pretty sure it was Clemson. I'm 99% Clemson. sure. Um, I can picture him in the orange. Yeah, Clemson. Cle- yeah. Okay. Clemson. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So here's a scenario for you because now I'm starting to rethink the Chiefs. And I don't know if I should, but. I'll give you Mike Williams. Okay. So you're starting a team right now. I'll give you okay. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler, or Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Clyde Edwards Alaire. That's hard, man. That's tough. In terms of yardage, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey had. Pretty much the same as Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Yeah. Um, Mike Williams Gosh. and Ke- Tyreek Hill have the same touchdowns. Travis Kelsey had three more than Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Same That's quarterback tough. too. Same quarterback. You can't you can't say like yeah. Although Patrick Mahomes, Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, I mean they're both phenomenal as well. Yeah. So. One thing I would say is that the tight end position. And I think it's de- it's evolving, and you're starting to see a lot more talented tight ends in the league who are adding a lot more value to the pass game than historically. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Travis Kelsey is top three tight end in the league, right? Travis Kelsey is top three tight end ever. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that right there, it's hard because you can go and like, I don't know, Mike ha- Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, right? They're literally right next to each other in yards for the year. Like you can kind of interchange one of them, right? Mm-hmm. You can't really interchange like a Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I don't know. At least that's just kind of like my thinking. So I would probably still gosh, but then that's RT because then I feel like Austin Eckler is a much better running back than uh Clyde. Yeah, I agree. Overall. I mean he's yeah. So you're getting uh, who, who would you pick? Between that, those two. I don't know. The fact that we're having such a hard time with it, I say we just keep the Chiefs at number one because they're a little more because <laughs> they're a little more proven. Yeah. But I think this this does give some real good evidence that the Chargers have some elite weapons if we're comparing them mm-hmm. to the Chiefs. And obviously, okay, if you're listening to this. We know Tyreek Hill is not on the Chiefs anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just looking at 2021 receiving cores and how that actually helped their team win. We're going to predict divisions later. I think we should do that after the draft, don't you? 
Yeah, I think so. Like, let's see, let's see if the Colts can pick up a receiver mm-hmm. in the in the draft, you know, because that would help. That might put them at number one in the AFC South. Anyway, um, all right, we'll keep Chiefs number one, Chargers number two, Raiders number three, and Broncos number four. Yeah. Cool. That's actually. Do you, do you agree with that? That's the list I had originally. <laughs> okay. So, Perfect. Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah. For sure. Um, and again, the. Okay, so we had Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, and they actually finished in 2021 Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. And the Raiders and Chargers could have, I mean, that was one game, literally one game. If the Chargers win that game, they're the playoff team and they finish second in the division. So that was really close. Is um, that the game where both, if they just tied, both teams would have made it the playoffs? Yeah. That's yeah. wild. And then and the, the, Ra- kicked, and the- kicked, Raiders kicked a field goal after they are just going to let it go. Didn't they, wasn't there something weird like they're, like the Chargers called the timeout and then like the Raiders rethought their, they're thinking and then went out, kicked a field goal to win. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. All I remember was okay. people people were talking about like about if they tie, they both get in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but your division rivals. Yeah. You you want to kick you want to kick them out? You want to kick mm-hmm. the Chargers out? Because it was the Raiders, and then who would have been booted? Patriots. If they both tied, Maybe. If they tied. It probably was the Patriots. Yeah. Um, let's see. Who were the? Ugh. Let's see. Twenty twenty two NFL playoffs. Or I guess the Steelers. Who had a better year between the Patriots it, and Steelers? It probably would have been the Steelers. You're right. I think it was the Steelers. The Steelers would have gotten booted. I think you're right. It would have been the Steelers. Um. So, I mean, okay. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're the Raiders, it's like, would I rather have the Chargers in the playoffs and potentially have to beat Justin Herbert, or the Steelers and have to play Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> the chances of them playing aren't great because they both have to upset the higher mm-hmm. seed. But still, like, I'd much rather have Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs than Justin Herbert. At this agree. at this point, nothing against Ben Roethlisberger earlier in his career. He was great. He was not great late in his career it was bad um <laughs> so uh that rounds out the afc so okay conclusions here do do, do good receivers predict success i would say yes because if you look at all the the division leaders the teams that won the division also had the best wide receiver group. Yeah, not a single, not a single division. We picked a second or worst place team to be better than the first place team. It clearly means something. And every single one of those teams, Bills, Stefan Diggs, Bengals, Jamar Chase, uh, Titans, AJ Brown. And Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, every single one of them have an elite top 10 wide receiver. Um, And I think that's what 
that's what like the Broncos are missing. We'll see. The jury's out on the Broncos. Mm-hmm. We'll see what Russ can do with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. They're both talented receivers. Um, but Raiders, okay. Here's an interesting one. If Devontae Adams, if we're looking at 2022, Ooh. and we have the Raiders with Devontae Adams, Hunter, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, Darren Waller, that puts them easily in the conversation with the Chargers and Chiefs, especially with Tyreek Hill gone. The Chiefs, that, to yeah. me, the Chiefs, the Chiefs now are second or third in the division. I would say probably re- third in terms of receiving weapons. Yeah, I would say third yeah. too. Third easily. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch that division. It is. It'll be it's interesting gonna... to see what Russ can do with the Broncos. Um, hope it works out. Sort of. Um, but yeah, between the Raiders and Chargers, in terms of just like, I think teams improving, those two teams have improved the most in that division overall. Yeah. Chargers defensively, especially. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was that's what killed them last year is they couldn't stop people late in the game. Go out, get Cleo Mack, and who was the... Who's the safety or the corner that they picked up? JC Jackson. Yeah. So it's like <clears throat> those are two big time pickups. Yeah. So then it's like the Raiders went out and got arguably one of the best, if not the best, receiver in football right now. Yep. Um, so it'll be fun to watch. It's gonna be wild. That division is definitely the best in football, in my in my mm. opinion. Um, when once Russ swapped NFC West to AFC West, the toughest division in football went from the NFC West to the AFC West because they were both really good, but the Broncos mm-hmm. didn't didn't have a quarterback. But like Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr. Derek Carr yeah. is the worst the worst quarterback in that division, and he's a good quarterback. <laughs> like. I would put Derek Carr in the top 15 quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. You could probably even argue top yeah. 10. Yeah. You could argue top 10. Um, top five. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But I mean, look at the <laughs> top five. He's, he's the best quarterback in football. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Look at like the NFC North. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is great, but Kirk Cousins. It's okay. He's good. Not, not elite. And then you got Jared Goff, Justin uh, Justin Fields. There are some divisions that do not have good quarterbacks, and the AFC West has a good quarterback on every single team. And and really three elite quarterbacks. Because mm-hmm. you could make an argument for Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson as each of them in the top five. You could make an argument. Mm-hmm. Not everyone would agree, but you could argue any three of those guys in the top five, especially yeah. Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, interesting. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna Receivers. Be a fun... What? Oh, it's gonna be a fun division to watch this year. Yeah. Turns out receivers are valuable if you're listening and your team mm-hmm. has paid up for a receiver, especially a, a big time receiver. I'm not talking about you know, the Jags going and getting Christian Kirk. Sorry, Jags. He's not a number one receiver. Um, so, I mean, Christian Kirk is not a bad receiver. 
I'd say he's a, you know, it's a serviceable two, maybe. But number one, I don't know. I don't see it. Mm-mm. I think that's it. Definitely not going to get into the NFC, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, we'd no. be here for I, two hours. I think that I'm kind of looking at the NFC West or NFC, though. Gosh, they had some pretty good. There's some pretty good receiver corps. Like, obviously, like the Rams had a good one. I think the Cardinals had a good one. And pretty much the NFC West had a, a yeah. really good receiver corps. NFC's, Bucks, NFC West is loaded. The Bucks, their receiving corpse is unreal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. Vikings have maybe slightly underrated a little bit. Um, yep. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get so, to that. I'll, I'll save it for next week's episode. I think there's going to be a lot more. Not necessarily, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say upsets, but I think they're, I don't like the teams that won the division. I don't think the, they had the best receiving corps. Say that again. So the teams that won their division, I think there's going to be some teams where if they didn't win the, they, a team or two that might, who didn't win the division might have the best receiving corps. Yeah. I have, I have, as of right now in my rankings, I have at least one. But I might adjust those. There could be two. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. It's not as clear cut as the AFC. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Maybe the NFC will make us rethink this um, wide receiver value proposition. So I think what we'll do is we'll do the NFC next week. That'll be good. Um, I think we should get into like offensive lines. I know it's not. I know it's not sexy. And we wouldn't, I don't think that would have to take up a whole episode because it wouldn't, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to get into talking about like specific tackles and guards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I think if we just go off of like the PFF, like end of season rankings mm-hmm. and see like, oh, wow. You know, like the commanders had a really good offensive line that, that didn't really work out for them. You know what I mean? Like, um, cause I think they actually did have a pretty good offensive line. Um, but I think just going through and doing the same thing we did with receivers, but not nearly as much detail, just like what, mm-hmm. what was their PFF ranking and how did they end up? That sound good to you? Yeah, that sounds great. So yeah, I think the offensive line is, especially with how much throwing teams are doing anymore. Um, it's definitely a pass happy league. Yeah. Got to be able to protect the QB. Yeah. I think we should do defense too. Yeah, I, don't I think even, defense would be good. I don't even necessarily think an elite defense is the key to success anymore. I think you need a competent defense and, uh, I don't know, earth-shattering mm-hmm. quarterback, and you're good. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I think that'll be it for this week. Um, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, don't forget to hit that five stars if you like if you like what you're hearing um i think that'll be i think that'll be it for this week until next week clump and onell we're out hey everybody <laughs>